0: Your favorite band's about to play a sold out show. You got in over here with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy.
1: Good afternoon, listeners. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from a temperate and warm Florida Keys. So, I was uh, having a discussion, we're having a visit with uh, our nephew Bartek from southeastern Poland, the country of Poland. And this is his first time out of uh, Poland. And he came here to Florida for a visit. He's loving it here. He says I was going to have him on the radio, but he's very shy. I'm going to try. I'm definitely going to have him on the radio on the podcast. Holy shit! Did I did I just say radio? I make fun of the people that come up and say, I've been doing a podcast for five years. They keep on saying, "How's your blog going?" I say, "Well, how's the chariot you're driving?" Oh, it's not a chariot. It's a truck. Okay, well, same difference. Same difference. It's a conveyance, right? No. Okay, well, podcast. I think I'd probably get him to go to podcast. Get him on the podcast. So, I hope you hear me. I know there's someone texting me right now, but I'm not going to respond. A friend of mine says, uh, I'm going to talk about that too. I got some really good advice. This small town, it's hard to get wrapped up in... um, it's easy why well, actually it's easy to get wrapped up in things that go on in a small town and Key Largo and the Keys itself is a small town a small kind of uh what would you call it just just a small community now you have the tourist community and people kind of when you see all these tourists around you really don't pay attention to them, when it comes to the community, you just pay attention to them how they're driving and stuff. Oh, there's a pretty girl in a bikini. They don't realize they don't realize you have to keep your top on when you come in here, you know, or something like that. It's better than bottoms being on. I had to tell one of the locals we had to bra walk on uh, this past Sunday. They had this uh, pink bra walk for breast uh, cancer awareness, breast cancer awareness, and but it's named after a guy. It's kind of funny. He's Ralph Ralphie something bra walk. But we had a couple hundred people come through our restaurant and one of the guys, he took his bra off and I had to tell him, I said, hey, listen, even though you're a guy and if you, you know, if you were a girl, I'd have to tell you the same thing. You are gonna have to put a bra on, uh, you know, put it, put, put a top on. And I said, the old axiom I use here, if you see a roof and walls. With windows and doors, shoes, pants, shirt, shoes, pants, shirt. Whatever way you put it on, I don't care what order you put it on. You should have your shirt on top and your pants on the bottom and your shoes on your feet. That too. But just just have those on. Now, if there's no walls, if it's a tiki hut, and it's the kind of place where you can do it at a tiki bar, there's chances are you don't have a problem. No one gives you a hard time not having a shirt on. And that's mainly guys. You know, it is a shame. It's a double standard for women with that. But then again, guys can't handle it. You know, just have a couple boobies out and they'll just be start sniggering, laughing, going, oh my God. I see boobies, 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 boobies. Now, girls, they see them all the time. They don't have a problem like that. It's a shame. It's a shame. It is a double standard. I, I realize that. They can walk around in a bikini and stuff like that, but they can't take the bikini top off. And like guys, you know, some people I'm being objective and not trying to be cruel, but some people look better with clothes on than with clothes off. And that's that's an objective view. So I mean subjectively subjectively everyone should be the same, right? whatever you see is naked and naked, right? In a in a in a justice in a just world, it didn't it wouldn't really matter what you look like and how you were dressed and as long as it's hygienic, you should be hygienic, meaning you don't want to uh you know actually you know you don't want to dirty up a place or anything like that. You know, Sitting on a cloth seat naked is not necessarily to... I don't know how I got to this conversation because I actually I wasn't talking about that. I'm talking about being a small town. So I, I got sidetracked, but I'm dragging it back, dragging myself back. So all these people in the brawl walk and all this stuff, I knew them. They were all locals, a couple hundred of them. Uh, if you don't know them by name, you know them by appearance... And you see them at the supermarket. Every time you just see the people there, you see the people that work at the supermarket, you recognize them, they recognize you. We go to the doctor's office, you know everyone. You go into a restaurant, you know at least you know a couple people there. Or places where regulars go, like automotive stores. Or what else do they go to? Like office supply. But the tourist places, you're more likely to be there and you don't know, see as many people. So if you were looking, even though in peak season, which we are pretty much in peak season here, there's normally only citizens of Key Largo, about eight to 9,000 people in the uh, area called Key Largo. And that's spread out pretty good. I mean, we're one of the larger set of Keys here. And then when tourists come in, you could have twenty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 people. That's a sizable small city, right? Small town, sizable to- A big town, I guess. It's a big town or a small city. And the whole population of the Keys, I think, is, gosh... I want to say 65,000, 75,000, but when in season it could be over like 300,000 or more. I'm just randomly pulling fucking numbers out here like crazy. But for the people that you know, it is a small town. And I can illustrate it by where I live. And I told people that aren't familiar with the Keys, but the people that are familiar with the Keys, you realize we go by mile markers down here. Most of the places that you go down here, you give directions, you go until you get to Key West, and Key West is as wide as it is long. Uh, it's a big, small city here, or it's a, a small city, let's say, Key West. But every other place down here, most of the... Uh, businesses and residents are within a couple hundred yards of the main highway. So you would just give, I live near 97, 86, and things like that. but I'm at 102, mile marker 102. If I go down to mile marker zero and I sit on Duval Street, the main street in Key West, the main hub of activity, and I sit at Caroline's, let's say, and I'm drinking a Heineken 00, 0% alcohol, or an iced tea, or coffee, and eating a mahi, a black mahi sandwich. All right, I'm just putting it out there. And I'm sitting next to the to Street. If I sit there for an hour, and I'm attentive, I will know at least one person. I will know at least one person. I will know by name if I'm paying attention. And I I can. I would, I would bet even money that I would run into one. And then I would give long, longer odds for about two sets of people. It's just 100 miles away. How many places do you go 100 miles away from your... that's, And you see people that you know. Now, Philadelphia, I could go four blocks away or five blocks away and never see a person that I know. My, my supermarket was less than a mile away and I'd go in there for years and I'd never run into anybody I knew. Because there's so many goddamn supermarkets and stuff like that. And there's different times and are open longer and this and that. So the thing is, if you're going to lay low, the keys are not the place to lay low. I'd always see some of these old movies and people are talking about witness relocation. Well, this is the worst place to do, uh, you know, witness relocation, because everyone knows there was one guy at this uh, marina that I was living at, the Pilot House Marina, and the guy's passed away. He Used to call him Uncle something or other. I call him Uncle Ed. Let's say call him Uncle Ed. My my buddy was named Ed, but this was in the same guy or Uncle Stan. Let's call him Uncle Stan. And he was from someplace up north and he was somewhat affiliated with who would let it be known he was in organized crime at one time, but he wasn't really then. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell? Why would you let people know? And what if he was in what he let it make it sound like he was in window protection? I said, why would you hang out at one of the most popular water home holes in Key Largo and have everyone know your name and where you're from? And kind of something about your sketchy background. You know, you're either a low level thing that no one would ever want you, uh, you know, an organized crime and say, well, we don't really care. The guy didn't give any information or you weren't or you weren't. And sneaking around, I don't know how these guys sneak around down here. How do you how would you sneak around down here? Where do you go? I mean, you go to a local restaurant, you're going probably know like four or five people you know. Even if you go, like I, like I said, if you go down to Key West and you're sitting in Carolines with someone, but you go to Miami, no problem. You could be in Brickle sitting there, you know, you could have sex on a park bench. No one would. Well, they know you're the person having sex on a park bench, but you know that's that's anonymity of a small town. You don't you don't you don't come here to hide. It's funny, small town. You go to you think you go. It's better to go to a big town. I never understand when people go to witness uh, relocation and they go to places like Montana, like northeastern Montana, some small town of 500 people and say some guy from New York just moved here and he has a funny accent and stuff like that. It's kind of a little rough around the edges and he doesn't know much about riding horses and stuff like that. He seemed to know a lot about uh, horse racing, <laughs> you know, and you should say people will say, well, he's. You know, he was associated with that. No one, no one. I mean, you'd stick out like a sore thumb. That's just crazy. Well, I wanted to talk about uh, also, I, there's very few people that I really take advice for from podcasting. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. But I think the thing that kept me going was I didn't know in the beginning when it came to this podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. I still, you know, I guess you can counter with saying, Jim, you really don't know what you're doing and you still don't know what you're doing. You know, you don't stay on topic. You forget half the time you're a train of thought. You do a lot of ums and ahs and things like that. Well, that's not one of the things I worry about when I'm doing it. But I do worry about improving. And some people have um, when they give advice I really do take it to heart. I really do take it to heart and I have a friend in Miami and she said not to uh, a friend who listens to the show too who suggests made some suggestions. And it wasn't necessarily about the content other than making sure I would have a guest. And she says listen Don't worry about if your guest doesn't show up. Just book guests. If they show up, you show up you have a guest. And you know what? I should do that. That was 100% right. And she also said that I needed to uh, do more on Instagram, do some more, uh, maybe some narrated videos, showing where I live, what I do, kind of things I'm up to, like give you an idea of, Maybe do a video walking to the, you know, I mean, just getting up in the morning, going to the gym, seeing what it's like outside, stopping for coffee, getting getting gas. This is what the keys. This is me going to the fish market. I always tell people like that when they said, hey, you're a fisherman. I said, I am a great fisherman. Because when I go out for yellowtail, I come back with yellowtail and it's filleted and it's a pound and a half. I never have excess yellowtail because I go to the fish market. I don't go out on the water and spend 100 or $200 on, on fuel and a nice sunburn to come back with 20 pounds of fish that I'll only eat like one pound of. Just not my style. I'm a meat eater. I know I should be eating more fish. Well, I'm um, get back to the advice. I've always been looking to improve, and I know that that the interview, bringing people in and being a sound, having someone as a guest, and having them talk instead of me just doing the one to blab. I said, "Boy, that would be good," and also give me a little. I guess it'll give me a little uh, orientation on where where I should be. I always thought that I got it as a bartender because a lot of things I talk about I'll bring up and people say why are you bringing up that topic here? I said I'm just doing a trial run right here at the bar. I'll just bring it up like my you know my my whey protein powder with almond milk. Uh, You know I have everyone thinking it's or, or telling everyone it's Cambodian breast milk. Totally lifted from Dave Chappelle. I realize that, but you know what? These crackers down here don't aren't familiar with Dave Chappelle, so it's all new to them. But I do credit him when he said I stole this from Dave, Dave Chappelle. No one, comedians supposedly don't do that, but on other things, okay, topics, things that are interesting, I'll just they just come up. We get a lot of our regulars in in there. Also, our regulars at trivia and. For some reason, they think I have the answer. And I, I, when they come and ask me a question, and they said, well, you know, you're, you're good at trivia. And I said, you know, if there was only a thing, you know, that you could have in your hand that you could just ask any question of and and then probably give you the right answer, it would be amazing if that existed. And they look at me, you mean like our, my phone? I say, yeah, I like your phone. I mean, are you trying? Are you? Are you t- I mean, is it that hard to just go and say, speak into it? Hey, Google. Oh, it just came up. What's the open? Sorry, I don't understand. That's all right, Google. Thank you very much. Okay, I think that's enough right there. See, just the proof. Oh, my God. I wonder if I have to get a copy, um, get written approval from. G-O-O-G-L-E to have that voice on. But I, I won't do it. I won't do it right now. Obviously, my phone's left on and no phone calls come in. But I do love getting advice from people that actually enjoy the show. And I want to thank my friend. I'm taking it to heart. I'm going to try really hard to incorporate the things that were uh, suggested. And as I was saying to my nephew Bartek, that you can spend your whole life traveling, meeting new people, doing things, having lots of different activities and things like that. Which, if you're doing a lot of activities and going to your Tennessee... It would end up being what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is if you're changing your perspective and your views on things, it's as if you traveled a million miles and been a hundred different places. If you can regularly change your mind and grow to be somewhat understanding of a concept that you did not previously conceive of, you, you go a long way to reducing the ennui and boredom of life. I mean just doing the podcast does that to me and sometimes i I lose perspective I realize that and i I realize sometimes i'm I'm kind of set in my ways. but I suggested to my nephew I said that's the thing with people in relationships too. It's nice when people meet themselves, meet people after, like in their forties and fifties and stuff like that. Like my current partner, my wife. I I wasn't. She wasn't. Actually, she was in her thirties, her late thirties, and I was in my later forties. I'm not suggesting that people stop changing after that time, and people have there's this old axiom that you know you can't teach an old dog new that tricks. That's not true. You can, and humans aren't dogs, and dogs aren't necessarily, you know, untrainable too when they get older. It's just one of these ways. But you do get set in your ways. But if you are open to change, that's a good thing. And but when you meet somebody when you're young, you're more. There's more things to change, there's more things to grow, there's more experiences to have. And new experiences pride people to look at things at a different way. If they're able to conceive that it's a new experience, and it adds to their perception of an a topic or an issue or an idea or a philosophy. So I'm always there for the new experience. To a point, there aren't new no experiences. Like I never, I never have been on a road trip and decide to, you know, take out a hobo. When I say take out, I don't mean take them out for dinner. I mean take them out of the picture. There's some experiences, you know, like you're like the billion dollar boys club and stuff like that, where they ended up doing drugs and killing people and shit like that. I don't know if that happened in billion dollar boys club or the rope. I think it was in the rope. It was a. Hitchcock movie where these wealthy two wealthy young men decide to commit a murder on for for the thrill of it a new experience a new experience not every experience needs to be felt not every experience but some people feel it you can get their perspective of it Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to Yeah, I'm not going to shoot someone that's know what that feels like. I'll just assume that after doing that, I'd feel like a piece of shit. Stuff like that. Unless I had to. I I don't know why I'm going in that direction, so I'm going to detract that one. But there's some things I don't need to experience in order to grow. I'll leave it at that, but there's a lot of things that you can experience that won't hurt you and hurt anybody else that helped you. And a new perspective actually makes us more complex, interesting people, more accepting of others, and being able to have a little more patience when someone of a different viewpoint crosses our path. I get that every so often. There's some viewpoints that are so dark that it's really to get. It's really hard to get. Uh, an understanding with uh, you can attempt to do it but you, you you can just you just have to sometimes you're going to say some some things are so dark and so let's say malevolent that you can't really appreciate what where they're coming from you just say wow well, they someone did a number on you and and uh, it's going to be very hard for you to back out and there's some people that do come back from things like that and other people that don't So I, I'm going leave to leave that topic on there that almost all experiences are good. Almost all experiences are good as long as no one's hurt and you're not feeling horrible about uh, misplacing your trust in someone and stuff like that. Almost all experiences are a good thing if, if, if they don't hurt other people. So, lastly... Time anxiety. Is there such a thing? I mean, you hear about it all the time. People just get, I get that. When I have to do things, I, I think it's a combination of procrastinating and uh, that you create when things are going well in your life. And this is when things are going well in my life. Sometimes I think I artificially manufacture crises in order. To create anxiety that's not there in order to bring my body back into a normal of having some anxiety. And I should realize that I don't have it. I don't need to have it. I don't need to have that in my life. I could just go and do the things I need to do. Today I had to go and get a referral for my daughter who had a small broken digit, a small on a tip of her. Pinky. But you know, it's you you want to take care of your kids and stuff like that, so you're checking out an orthopedic for the smallest of bones on the smallest of appendages, the pinky. And then I had to mail something to UPS, I had to call up and check with the post office for a passport meeting and then go to the gym and because I had to go to the gym. You know why? Because I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to do any of those things. Like I said in previous episodes, I am a procrastinator. I'm a very committed, lazy person. I'm committed to doing nothing. I am Nicholas Nickleby. Was it Nicholas No, no, it's not Nicholas Nickleby. It's another Dickens one, but it's about an, a bookkeeper in old London that decided not, to, it wasn't Nicholas Nickleby, it was, I forget the name, what? Hey, Google. What's the name of the Dickens play about the bookkeeper that didn't want to do anything? You understand?
0: According to Wikipedia, Uriah Heep is a fictional character created by Charles Dickens in his 1850 novel, David Copperfield.
1: No, that's not it. Okay. That wasn't the guy. Thank you, Google. Um, it wasn't. But this, one day, the employer of this man. Goes to work and he asks him, "Are you going to plan to do anything today?" I prefer not to, and he ends up not doing anything at work. But the employer doesn't want to get rid of him, but they keep on deciding not to do. It. And the person becomes more inactive, 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 and he ends up stopping work and he end up firing him. I don't, I forget the end of that story though, and I won't give it. That's good that I forget because again, I won't spoil it. But that's what I'm like. But my side effect, that guy got more and more ensconced in doing nothing. And I hesitate to call it laziness. He just didn't want to do anything. And that's the same for me. And that comes with time anxiety management. I, I do it in college. It happened, it happened up to high school. I used to take things in high school. I take care of things right away. And then for years, I developed the skill of doing nothing. Watching TV, contemplating someone. I think one of that's a philosopher, how philosophy came about in Greece. People say, well, what do you want to do? Well, I'm going to be a well digger. I'm going to be a carpenter. I'm going to make drink, you know, drinking containers. Winemaker. Swineherd. Oh, I don't want to do anything. Well, what do you mean you don't want to do? I just want to think. That's all I do is think. Okay, Aristotle. Go on. Do your thinking. Yeah, that's maybe that's where it came about. You know? But today, as I'm getting ready, I start messing around with my Sudoku, or Sudoku, S- whatever you want to call it, uh, puzzles. And I just want to do that to kind of remain st- kind of log- logical and in step. It's one of the things I do, as long with reading psychology and things like that, and politics, foreign policy, history. Did I say in history twice? Because that's historical if I said it twice, because I said it in the past. Okay. So I'm thinking about all these things, but I'm not thinking about the things I'm supposed to get done. There's so many things I can get done. There's other things I could do right now. I tell people at work and they said, well, is this the only thing you do? And then I tell them everything else I do. And they go, oh, where do you get the time? I said, I have plenty of time. I still have plenty of time. I have so much time. It's amazing. I don't necessarily want to work 70 hours a week. I don't really work 70 hours a week. If you put it all together, I may work 60 hours a week. If uh, what, what, there's 168 hours in a week, if I average seven hours of sleep a night, that's 40, 50, let's go 50 hours a week, 50 and fudge a little better, 51, 52. And that leaves 116 hours Uh, is that 116? Would that be right? 116 hours. And let's say there's another 40, on a busy week, 46 hours of work. And that leaves 60 hours. of That's my main job. And then I got the gym. And that's eight hours. So there's 52 hours left. And then there's eating. What's that? Another 12 i get six, 42, 42 hours. And some of my, my podcasting, if I do six hours a week and then, then reading and stuff like that, that's maybe 12 hours I spend on that. 32. And it's, I, and a lot of the times when you spend together, I do spend that extra time with the wife and daughter And when I'm sleeping and stuff like that, I am doing those things. And I go to my meetings. I have a lot. I almost have a full time, another full time job slot. Even I didn't even count the. If you count the workout, because the workout, it takes me one minute to prepare or five minutes to prepare, thinking about, can clocking in and doing all that stuff, because I already got the music and so. Why I don't get things done all the time in a timely fashion, I do now. I have to say I do now. I rarely do I run late and I'm never late for work uh, or, or rarely ever late for work. It's an oddity. Would I like to be late? Yes. Immensely, I would love to be. I would love to do and just go whenever I want. Wouldn't it be fabulous? I'll be there. When are you going to be there? I'll either be there at four, or seven, or nine. I would love to do that, but would it? Could I physically do that? Could I do that mentally without being anxious? You know, there's on my normal days off when they let's say they they closed a restaurant for something, for an illness or something recently, you know, for COVID, and I'm not there. My body's thinking, "Well, oh, I'm supposed to be there. I got to be there." Oh, it's two thirty. I'm supposed to be. Maybe I'm supposed to be picking up my daughter. I used to think when I had my little dog, when, before Roxy passed away, oh, maybe Roxy has to go to the bathroom. Maybe I have to do. You're always thinking those things time, 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 time. Right? When there's all the time in the world, and once you get one week ends, there's another week behind it. Now, eventually time may end. Time may end, and time will certainly end for me, uh, eventually. But there is so much time. And if you do things varied and you don't blow things off, I don't see why there... I mean, I just find that I'm a much more pleasant person when I do have that balanced life. And I take care of things. I feel accomplished just taking care of things. I take care of things sometimes. People don't like to get, like the IRS. I still haven't gotten my refund from 2021, which I filed over a year ago. And we've been talking back and forth. And because of the so many messages we have going back and forth, I have no idea. Well, I have an idea within a couple hundred how much I'm going to get back. It's sizable, but. Uh other people have different, what would you call, priorities when it comes to time, timeliness, being right. There's businesses I deal with in notary that say, hey, listen, we pay on a net 60 or a net 30 or 30 days from the end of our billing cycle. And I go, what? You mean I do a job and I wait to, up to a month and a half to get payment?" Well, that's insane. That's insane. But that's how businesses are. And some, but you ask them to do something. The things I do they is on the time-sensitive manner. So when I do a loan signing, they want you to fax the stuff back as soon as you get it. As soon as you get it. They want to close that deal and stuff like that. But when it comes to paying someone, they're not. And I'm not saying that's a nefarious thing. I'm just saying people have different priorities with that. And showing up late for some things or not being in a place at a certain time is a big deal for some people, not so big deal for others. If you're going to a party and the party isn't for you and you're not the guest of honor, but you may you may be able to show up anytime you want. If you're not critical to the operation of the party, yeah. But if you're like at going to a uh, the party and you're the guest of honor and it's seven o'clock you're supposed to be there everyone's there and stuff and you don't show up to 10 o'clock then that's an issue maybe sometimes or showing up at work where there's some that's why workplaces you get like this stuff he said they don't they don't accept tardiness some places are much more lenient I know places where it's, it's weird that people just show up ten minutes late, fifteen minutes late, no explanation. It's the clock on in. I mean, maybe they're the lucky ones because they don't get wrapped up in that thing about time. Getting up, uh, who was it? The rabbit in uh, Alice in Wonderland. The the. the the, the one with the hat who always it was a rabbit or, or whatever. It's always late for an appointment. Always running late. Well, I like to be rid of that time anxiety. I like to get rid of all anxiety. As a matter of fact, when I, one of the reasons I go to the gym and work out real hard is my remedy for anxiety. Because I realize if I got all that energy then maybe I should do something with it. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank my friend in Miami who told me not to mention her name. I won't mention her name. I will mention Justina. She's a flight attendant from L.O.T. She's a friend of the family. The, uh, Agneska, her mom, does a lot uh, Does a lot for uh, Abby and I. I really do appreciate their friendship. Robert, Agneska, Carolina, who stayed with us a couple of years ago uh justina just got quarantined and she won't be able to uh she she won't be able to take this flight where she was going to come to miami and stuff like that but hopefully in april she'll be able to visit with us we'll have her over and stuff like that so uh here's to hoping you get a negative test really well she said she was quarantined so i'm assuming she's healthy so thank you very much and have a great day keep up those downloads we're it's going like gangbusters I'm so happy about it. Thank you very much. Where you're going in the right direction? Well, we say any direction is the right direction, isn't it? As long as you're just moving right. It's hard to hit a moving target. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Only in day. Oh.
2: This man has just entered the Gas Price Madness Zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy, Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the Gas Price Madness Zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay, it's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back wow thanks announcer guy i'm downloading the upside app now download the free
0: upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas use promo code minute for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill up you can cash out anytime just download the free upside app and use promo code minute for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank